Your son doesn't do anything yet, right? My son does soccer, but it's like fundamental soccer. It's just okay. soccer and he really likes it. But even then I had decided I was doing it with him. And then I just told my husband, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done. You're going to have to figure it out. Maybe <laughs> to find it like we have, like, I think, uh, like, I, I mean, I'm always discouraging her. I'm like, oh, do you really, do you really like soccer? Is yes. She- I've been doing that too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, 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 and welcome to Tea and Talk, our podcast for moms where we discuss hot pepper topics, chat with notables, influencers, and share our everyday lives with you. We're all Brooklyn-born and bred Caribbean-American moms living in the suburbs, giving you a dose on how we navigate life in the hood. Motherhood, sisterhood, childhood, the neighborhood. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. If you do, like, share, and comment. Yes, it is tea and talk time, y'all. Um, I just love summer weekends, especially when the weather is not fully, fully hot yet, and it's just nice and cool and breezy. Um, my weekend, like all my weekends, was on the baseball field for half of it, but the other half was like I'm trying to pile everything up on one Sunday that I didn't do for the rest of the week for the past weekend. I have to tell you, okay, I made this one observation as I was in the supermarket today. I think I would be really, really devastated if anybody told me that there was anything bad about those rotisserie chickens in the in the <laughs> supermarket. Because I swear to God, they saved my life every week. I bought three of them, and I know I can make some fried rice with one. I can make some stir fry something with the other. I know that I can just dress it up, put it in the air fryer, marinate it with some buffalo sauce. Like I can literally make twenty five meals with one of those rotisserie chickens. And then I take the bones and boil it and make broth, you know? Um, That was my Sunday meal, honey. And today I am sipping on water because I spent the whole day running around. And then at the end, we went to the park, which is, you know, right up the block. And um, moving on to the topic tonight, y'all, I don't think we've ever had such a serious topic, right? Like this topic is going to be really intense but it's also going to be really important because i think that one of the things that happens with family life is that you deal with tragedies throughout the years and sometimes it happens really really close to you and then there are other times where you just observe it and you're kind of like it's one of those things that shapes you from the time you see it and it impacts you and you never forget it um and it could work for the good or it could work for the bad you know, um, because it's such a serious topic, I really wanted to make sure we had an expert on to talk about it because it's not something that I feel like, you know, I have any means of giving any kind of advice on, nor do any of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been to therapy, though, I have to say. You know, when me and my husband got married, yeah. we did that whole couples, that whole couples, like five things, five meetings before you, um, before you get married. And the pastor didn't really know us, so... But I always feel like, you know, it would help for all couples to do therapy only because you can avoid a lot of things just with doing, you know, really good conversations with a mediator. Um, And Dr. Mel can, you know, share a little bit about that. Um, And speaking of Dr. Mel, she is our special guest tonight. So I want to say hello, hello, hello first to the resident and talkers. And I'm going to say hello, hello, hello to Dr. Mel right after. Mm So how is my Trini socialite doing? Hello, ladies. I'm doing well. Busy yeah. weekend. As always, right? Yes. Especially summer weekends. Uh, yeah. 
I'm actually sipping on water as well tonight because I had a day full of Belize. Nice. Uh, brunch and girlfriends. So now it's time to wind down. It's back to reality tomorrow. I love a good Bellini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bellinis are great. One time I had like five at brunch and I just got completely jacked up. <laughs> I, I, I was drinking them like they were just like juice. And I, knew it, I couldn't even stand up. <laughs> Please tell me that's happened to one of you guys. Like, Absolutely. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Hello, hello, hello to the proper Jamaican. How you doing? What's a guan? How are you? How was your weekend? It was good. Um, much like you, I spent a good part of my weekend on the soccer field. And then my boys had uh, campery this weekend. So that's basically like all the, the different um, Boy Scout troops. Uh, they all camp in our village green. And it used to include the girls. Um, but the girls are, well, I won't get into the politics of it, but this year the Girl Scouts, um, told the girls that we are not allowed to participate. And so we didn't go, but honestly it was less work for me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I never can't, I never sleep over, but it's a whole lot of work when, you know, your troop is doing it. There's cooking and everybody has to bring something and whatnot. So we just visited, we came, we left, we That's came so- again. I love that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's the kind of camping I want to do. <laughs> yeah, you hang out and then you go home and sleep in your bed. So That's dope. You know, I sent my husband to sign my son up for the Boy Scouts or whatever it is. And um, he didn't want to do it. And I low-key was really relieved. Like, <laughs> oh. I was just like, oh, good. I don't have to do none of that camping stuff. It's a lot of work. It is. It seems like a lot of work, but it builds their character from what I understand. It really does. My son, he loves being outside. He can build fires and he can, he can cook. He oh, can make nice. chili. He learned to do that because of scouts. Um, he's really responsible and he takes care of the little kids. It's really great. my girl. How you doing? Bonjour, bonsoir. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Well, I'm drinking some rum punch. It's just residue from this whole weekend. My God. Ooh, residue. <laughs> I need to get it out of my fridge. Like, it looks like regular punch, but it's really rum punch. And I just want to make sure I get it out. Got to get it out. Got to get it out. That's oh, wow. Yeah, I'm just going to drink this so, you know, it no doesn't drink in the wrong hands. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, the last two weekends, you've been, really, you've been saucing it up, you know. Look, I'm so tired. Like, by the time Sunday, 7 o'clock comes, I'm like, I'm just tapped out. Like, this weekend, I had um, baby showers, family functions. Giselle has her dance situation going on. I just, I'm packed back to back, back to back. It's always so busy. I don't think people really, you know, and I always say that stay-at-home moms get no credit. None. Working moms, it's just as bad when you're a working mom because the expectations are still there and you've got a full-time job that pays the bills. So it's really- yep. You still have all the things to do. People don't, people don't get when you have kids, especially when you have little kids, five o'clock to you is something serious. Mm-hmm. Like, don't play around with me. Yes. Don't start asking me at 4.55 for ish. I don't want to talk. <laughs> You know what my saying was to people when they're like, well, Ruth, you leave at five. And I was like, well, I do my work between nine to five. Just because you wait until the end of the day to do your work doesn't mean I have to stay here with you. Yeah. Right? And you know, that oh. whole working thing, we hey. have that career conversation, honey. Dr. Mel, I hear you like uh, high-fiving like verbally. I know you've got a couple of little youngins too. How was your weekend? What you sipping on? 
Uh, I am. My weekend was good, busy as always. Um, I am sipping on a little cocktail here. I have a little uh, vodka and seltzer, um, just to wind down on my Sunday. Um, I love it. Yes, yes. And I want to give a special shout out to my Trini. I heard somebody talking about some Trini over there. Um, yeah, the Trini. I'm a, I'm a, Are you yes, I, I am. I did not my, know that. My, that's my family is from Trinidad. Yes. Oh, that's um, amazing. My, my, I know. I love that. I love that we have everybody represented here in, in this circle, too. It's beautiful. Um, but, yeah, so my weekend was busy. I have three little ones. And my older daughter plays travel soccer, so she had a game yesterday and today. So we were on the field with her. Plus, we had family of uh, a cousin of my husband's was here visiting for her birthday. So we were out Friday night and yesterday all day. Oh, wow. Uh, so I am, I'm tired. So, you know, I feel like the three of us have spent our weekends on dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Trini socialite spent her weekend drinking bellinis. I live through all of your stuff. You know, didn't I tell you that you're gonna love? And Diane is all like, "Oh, my 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 Instagram is ratchet, girl." No, your Instagram is lit. Okay? Like, like you know what? I, I saw the salmon. Like my whole thing is, I wash my feet at night because I've been walking on grass and my feet been touching dirt. Diane, you look like you just been chilling on the beach. <laughs> I'm like, damn, girl, do you have to rub it in? This, this Instagram <laughs> needs to have a quick hate on you because I wish to be you emoji for me. Like, hate on you because I wish to be you. No, we're, we're not hating. We're, we, we're very freely admitting that we wish to be you. Yeah, we're very <laughs> jealous. Very, very, very <laughs> freely admitting. Jealous. I'm not even afraid to say it. I literally want to switch places with you. Guys. I always have shared my mommy's stories with you guys. Yes, I the know. The time is coming. The yes. kids are getting older. And you're she does say that all the time. I'm like, when, when? <laughs> and I God bless you, girl. Yeah, sometimes we are guilted in, into feeling like we can't have a life too. And it's not true. It's not true. But I'm going to tell you mm. something, Diane. You know, Trinidadians, just in general, they know how to make that balance happen. Because, you know, my father was Trinidadian. Doc- Dr. Mel, I'm Trini too. My father was Trinidadian. Oh! Yeah, my mother and father were two total opposites when it came to you know, the way they kind of balance life. My mother was all about family life, motherhood, and church. My father was about partying, drugs, <laughs> he friends, and the, mother, the, fa- the fatherhood too. He had the fatherhood thing down mm-hmm. pat. He was a great dad, but he knew how to balance it out. He would be at every party. And let me tell you, his funeral, when he passed away, there was no, not a seat in the house. Mm. And wow. they music and they danced. They chipped down to see him in the front. I mean, it was wow. it was a true testament to his life. But it also speaks about Trinidadians in general and how they're able to kind of like, you well, know, remember that the Trinidadian culture revolves around reveling. Um, yes. We get ready, mm. we rev up for carnival. It is part of our culture to work hard but play harder. Yeah. And. Um, mm-hmm. I think that keeps us sane, you know? Yeah. You know. Speaking of sanity, I mean, you know, it's really hard to do that when you have busy families, you know? Um, And that's what we're here to talk about today, particularly because um, tragedy is one of those things that literally, sadly, shapes your life, you know? And when it happens so close to home, 
it's something that really does kind of shock you into, you know, a whole new phase in your life. My son, you know, I don't do it on purpose, but my son sees me and my husband arguing all the time, you know, and my parents hid that from me. So I didn't, I didn't really understand conflict. So when people would like try to challenge me, I didn't know how to handle myself. Um, now as an adult woman, having been in a relationship with someone who, you know, thrives on it, uh, we work together. Um, and you know, I've taught my son how to stand up for himself, how to respond to things, how to answer. I feel like my son is definitely a lot more prepared Mm -hmm. than I am to handle conflict. conflict. So I, I think when it comes to conflict with me, me and my husband, it's, it's, it's never like just a dialogue and us discussing things. It's always like from zero to a hundred. Like, you know what? Yeah. F, no. da, 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 da. Same here. Oh my gosh. Not on my end, but on his end. And I'm the complete opposite. I shut down. No, well, not, I'm not, like that. Yeah. Not me and Terry. It's, it's, it gets to that place. And you know, it's, it's sad because my kids are very sensitive and they're very vocal. And um, Andrew, my son, who's only four, going to be five in a few weeks, will jump in between and be like, don't talk to my mommy like that. I have to be like, yeah. So <laughs> it's something that, you know, as adults, me and Terry are trying to learn how to talk to each other when we don't like each other. And I think that's the hardest thing for couples. Do you um, guys do couple counseling? I always wondered. You know, we did it when we, when we first got married. And then we did it when I was going through some issues at work. Like, I, I didn't even, we didn't even argue. I just went into a shell. And um, we went to counseling just so I can just start to say, look, I'm very pissed and I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to get out of this. Good for you. But that's another piece of it. That like having that, that, that fear and, and, and just dealing with that stress, it's a whole other level. We don't even Mm -hmm. talk about. Like, you know, you know, every year they send send out those emails talking about talk to your friend who's the strongest one about depression. I'm not going to lie. I'm that friend you should be talking to because when I go through it, like, like my girlfriends are like, oh, but you're still functioning. I said, yeah, but I'm functioning, but I can't cry in the shower. Like, I don't cry in the shower. I don't cry, like you know, I, I don't, I don't express myself. All I do at that moment, like either, either I'm yelling and screaming, or I'm just not even talking to anybody. And it's hard when you have little kids because little kids want hugs and kisses, mm-hmm. and it's just like I can't, I can't even, I can't even love you like I'm supposed to because I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed. Doctor Mel, you've heard but, yeah, but no, you've spoken to it. Yeah. <laughs> So wait, but what I'm, but what I'm adding, I just want to add. So all of us have, when whenever we get activated, when that stress response comes in, it's our body's natural reaction to fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. Fight or flight gets activated. So you're either gonna fight, you're gonna stay there, and you're gonna yell and you're screaming, you're gonna engage in the the battle, or you're gonna withdraw, right? And so that's what you guys are experiencing. And I've definitely, absolutely been there where my, it's not just your industry. It's, I think it's a lot of industries and it's what, what women have yeah. to deal with when we are in these spaces is always trying to prove ourselves, especially yeah. as black women. And it's ridiculously stressful. And so we do, we get to this point where we're like, we're working so hard. I still feel stressed out. And then we withdraw and we don't have the energy to give to our partners, to our kids, to the rest of the pieces of our life. Um, and it takes a toll. It takes a huge toll. Athena, how are you? How was your weekend? What you sipping on? Hey, everybody. I am good. I'm <laughs> sipping on water because it's hot out here ah. in uh, Mississippi. Oof. Yeah. Lord. Can you even say it like a Mississippian? Mississippi. I, you know, 
I had to. I had to. <laughs> but listen, I'm not going to let anyone forget that you are originally from Brooklyn and you're a St. Lucian girl. So hello to St. Lucia. Hello to St. Lucia, but not Brooklyn. <laughs> that was our issue, Athena. That was always our issue. That was always our issue. <laughs> that Athena would not want to step foot in Brooklyn. Wait, where are you from, Athena? Where were you in New York? Um, I'm originally from Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, I, I, oh, yeah. oh, oh. I, uh, oh. Um, but I, I lived in New York from college on, so um, my whole adult life was spent in New York until I moved to Mississippi. But that all explains how you were able to transition to Mississippi, because I mean, coming from Brooklyn, it would be very difficult to make that transition. Yeah. I'm not kidding, because it's like a huge, it's hard enough for me to be in Jersey, much less Mississippi. Um, and I know you had your whole life just kind of transitioned. And I, I kind of followed you a little bit on, on social media. Um, mm -hmm. And you went from being one of our media girls all the way into becoming a mom, a wife, and, you know, having gone through something really um, tragic and then becoming Athena again. And actually, you know, Colette, you touched on it exactly um, in terms of how I actually transitioned from New York to Mississippi. Like, who does that? You know, no one like volunteers, I don't think, <laughs> um, to say, you know what, I'm moving to Mississippi. And that really was not my plan. Um, but because of tragedy, it ended up being my journey. Mm -hmm. So New York having literally the American dream. Mm -hmm. You know, I had the career, I had the house, I had the husband, I had um, a son, you know, everything, literally everything I had wanted in life um, at that point. Um, and then one day, all of that was gone at 10.52 a.m. I can give you the exact date and time and what I had on. Um, that's how drastic my life changed so I went from literally having it all having the American dream to being widowed at 35 mm -hmm. now a single mother facing foreclosure facing car repossession and suffering from post-traumatic stress um, because of an attack on my life by my husband whom I loved who will be married for nine years and it all literally fell apart at 7.52 a.m. on that exact day. Um, and then I had to pick up the pieces, but it wasn't obviously an overnight thing. Um, and because I was a woman of faith, I think it was even more traumatic. <laughs> um, because, you know, we, we lived in this bubble, uh, bubble, at least I, you know, I did. And sometimes we package faith as, listen, you know, follow Jesus, everything is gonna be okay. You know, you just need to follow Jesus and, you know, nothing bad will happen to you. And that's really not the case. It is not. Um, and I was faithful. I crossed all my T's, dotted all my I's. You know, I was a faithful Sunday school teacher and all that jazz. Um, but that did not stop tragedy for happening. Mm -hmm. It did not stop um, a husband whom I love and who loved me to nearly take my life. Um, so to be able to um, get through that and with faith, I think was tougher because now my relationship with God is like, we own the rocks now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, now my faith was shaken. Now my whole theology, everything I knew about God, it, it was on the line. It was on the line. Um, and I had to rely on everything I knew, 
and face everything I was experiencing and make a decision to live. So we all talked about dealing with conflict and um, how to deal with it in relationships, not how to, but the fact that we all deal with it kind of differently, but some things are very similar. Um, but did, was there a lead up to the point where you guys had experienced um, what you experienced at 752 AM? Was there, were there signs ahead of time that you felt like you missed or you kind of knew it was coming? Did you guys deal with a lot of conflict? No, Colette, and that was that was the thing that was most shocking, and it was it was so shocking that people just almost didn't even believe me. That's how shocking it was. You know, there was we never argued, um, and when there was moments of tension, you know, it was the shutdown. <laughs> that, that's what I had to deal with the yeah. shutdown. And I didn't know why things were shut down. Um, it was shut down on his end. It was shut down on his end. I mean, just communication, just voluntarily choosing not to sleep in our marriage bed. Um, and I did not know why. And then now, you know, the schedule is off. All of those things that, you know, you start questioning, like, nah, but it can't be. Nah, you know, because he just was always a guy of character integrity. Um, so, of course, throughout the years, I've always, you know, I'm, I'm replaying things, replaying things, replaying things, looking for signs that I might have missed. Um, but there, there wasn't explosive arguments. There was never aggression in our marriage. Never laid a hands on me. Never even talked crazy to me, <laughs> you know? Um, so it was out of character. It was so out of character. And I really do believe at that moment, it was almost out of his humanity. Um, and I really do believe that it was a demonic presence because it was just a complete 180 from who he was. Um, now, was, was there, was there um, infidelity and, and all of that? That's what I found out. And it was at that moment that I found out that he could not deal with the guilt and shame of it all because he had this nice life buttoned up, you know, all that thing, you know, everything that I described in the beginning, that was the life he had wanted as well. Um, and I guess when he broke the, the, the marriage covenant, um, and could not face the truth of it, um, mm. that, that guilt really played him. And, you know, when you have that guilt and shame, that, that's, it'll, eat, it'll eat at you. And that, the devil will play with that and run and chase you. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and it was just, it was a set of um, circumstances that you just, you'd see on Access Hollywood. Like, you know, we had New York Times, or no, I'm sorry, the New York Post, calling our house because it was just crazy. It was just literally out of a movie, everything that occurred that day. Mm -hmm. um, but there was not a lead up. So it was a complete gutter punch and that knocked the wind out of me. Athena, you, you know, I, I knew your husband. I, when, when, I, when, I, when I think of him, you know, I remember smiling. He was just such a sweet person. Like, Athena, yeah. you, you know, that day of September 11th, it was, it was him that got us. He got yes. us and picked us up and drove us and waited until my father came to find us and find me and take me home. So every time I think of him, I always think of that guy who was smiling. You remember the wedding? That yeah. day. The mm -hmm. day used to come by the job and pick up the stuff. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so when, when it happened, like I got word from one of our friends and I was like, who? Him? No. No. Yeah. 
No, not him. Him, he loves Athena. No. Yeah. No, I, I said, I looked at that man's face. I saw him get on a smile. I, I've been inside the, you remember when I had to go to the Bronx when y'all had, had like, oh. <laughs> I just, I was like, no, this can't be this. So to this moment, like, I kind of feel like if, if you if you didn't say it, I would never have known it. I would never, never have known it. Because I do believe it might have been something demonic. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And how yeah. how old was he? Because, you know, a lot of times there's like this psychology, psychological break that happens, like mm-hmm. men. Um, but it usually happens when they're a little bit younger. But sometimes people have seen it up until the late 20s, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk out of term, Dr. Mel, but I feel like, <laughs> you know, I'll let the doctor like really speak more to that. But I mean, it's just, the fact that it was such a surprise, I find it like um, almost. Yeah, crazy. it was. It's like it's frightening that it could happen like that. You know. Yeah, he, he was. He was forty-one. He, he was oh. forty-one. Okay. Um, uh, and and that, and I think and and that's what all made it so crazy as well because no, no one in his family saw. You know, there yes. wasn't depression. He wasn't depressed. As a matter of fact, and we had the best six months leading up to that were the best whatever was going on with him it just stopped like he was home he was present he was doing all these little things around the house for me like I thought our marriage was being restored and it was for that brief six moments mm. um so it 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 really was it really was a shock but um when the you know the day I had that morning or that night when I confronted him with um, a message that I had received, it was just like it. It his face changed. His mm. his face changed. It was like his whole world had crashed, and he didn't know how to deal with it. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. And listen, when I found out, I didn't go all you know crazy Caribbean, um, you know, cussing and like there was no throwing. There was nothing because. I just wanted verification because that didn't sound like my husband. So I didn't go in crazy. I just went in with questions because it, it didn't even sound like him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, apparently it was true. Um, so until this day, Ruth, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it splintered the family. It splintered wow. the family. Um, and everybody mm-hmm. was super close. Even it splintered them, not, not even between them and me, but amongst themselves. And he was the one, he was the one that had the sound, you know, let's get together. He was, they called yes. him the governor, you know, he was like the governor, the mayor, mm. you know. Um, so it really, it really broke them because it was so uncharacteristic of, of him. Um, and I don't, I don't even think they've pulled it all together yet within these nine years. Um, d- definitely. And I'm only in contact with a couple of them out of, a plethora of brothers and sisters-in-laws and, and what have yeah. you. They were really tight. I mean, it could not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, when you talk about this, I think uh, when you talk about sort of like the image that he was sort of presenting, right? It's not, not necessarily a psychotic break because psychotic breaks typically happen in early 20s, right? So when you see young adults sort of coming into adulthood, that's where you usually see a psychotic break. But what it sounds like, and just from the little information that I'm hearing here, is that there was an image that he was upholding that sort of everybody knew of him, right? And sort of to 
to, to, to work so hard to present a particular image and then behind the scenes, so to speak, something else is going on. And then the one key person in your image finds out, right? That all comes crumbling down. And that is a scary, my guess is that was a really scary place for him to be too, right? Now, what do I do, right? Everything that I've built, everything I've worked on has fallen down around me and I have no idea what to do. Um, and that in and of itself can sort of send you into all sorts of different places, reactions, and, and have you doing things that you wouldn't normally do. Um, so that may be, again, from the little information that I had, that may be part of what was going on there. Yep. You, you hit it right on the nail. You hit it right on the nail. Mm-hmm.